we start with some of the brazen street crimes that we've been seeing in the city of Vancouver. Now, lots of people have heard about the random assaults, the stranger attacks. A lot of it caught on surveillance video by police is a huge concern for random attacks in Vancouver a day on average. Now, you've heard of a carjacking, right? How about an attempted Scooter jacking. That's what happened to my guest, Edison Zosek. And I'm very pleased to welcome him to the show. Edison, thanks a lot for coming on today. Oh, thank you very much for having me. All right, Edison, you wrote about this on Reddit and kind of gone viral, the story here on Reddit. Tell me what happened to you when you were riding your scooter in Vancouver the other day. Well, the short gist of the story, I was um, on my e-scooter commuting home from work at UBC and um, around on 37th Avenue on a very popular bike uh, bike route and uh, just past Prince Albert, uh, sorry, Prince Edward Street, uh, Toyota Camry started following me quite closely and I paid not much attention to it. And then just as I got to the cul-de-sac at the end of 37th, where it goes to the cemetery, the car stopped and, you know, hailed me down to ask me some questions about my uh, scooter. And since, uh, you know, lots of people stopped me about my scooter asking questions, especially with gas prices the way they are, I pulled over and started answering their questions where you could buy it, what model, speeds, etc. And the driver came out of the car and approached me and very calmly started again asking a couple of questions, what models, colors, whatever. And in the middle of this somewhat friendly exchange um he just told me to um get off because he's taking the scooter with him and it's his now and pulled a can of bear mace uh, bear spray oh. on me oh oh okay so this suddenly went from a friendly conversation to this guy has pulled bear spray on you and he's trying to steal your scooter yeah wow and okay what happened next well at that point i i you know i literally asked him and i quote are you serious and he goes <laughs> yeah unless you want a, a face full of mace wow. so uh you know i i gave him a, a gaze top to down and i noticed very quickly that um the bear spray that he had was one of those ones that you take on hiking trips that full-size cans and that he still had the safety pin uh in the bear spray trigger right. so i dared him and he started filling with the can so i took a swing at him oh and uh stalled him enough to the point where he stammered back to the car. I jumped on my scooter, booked it about, I'd say 20, 30 meters. In which case, and at that time I pulled over, grabbed my phone and on speaker, I dialed 911 and spoke very loudly so they could hear me. And they heard me and they just burned rubber in the opposite direction, took off uh, westbound on 37th. They took suit. As soon as they knew you were calling the cops, they turn around and, and booked it themselves in the other direction, right? Yeah. And yeah. at the time when this all occurred, there were people in their front yards on 37th. There were kids walking up and down the sidewalk. Like this was broad daylight, crowded, uh, crowded situation. And being a hiker, I know how bear spray works. If they had discharged it, it probably would have drifted and hit someone else as well. Yeah. Yeah. That's pretty wild. Like, do you think that, what kind of scooter do you have? Because obviously they wanted, they were very interested in the scooter you had. Like you got a higher end model electric scooter. Yeah, I've got a, it's, it's called the Apollo Explorer. It's a, it's a mid range scooter and it's, it's got a full suspension. It's, it's all black. It doesn't have anything flashy on it. It's a bigger, beefier scooter that definitely stands out versus 
some of the more popular ones that you see downtown. So it, it does draw some attention. That's why people ask, but what's this? Where did this come from? I've never seen one yeah. like this before. Okay, these guys are obviously cow- cowards. Like you mentioned that you took a swing at, at one of them. What, did you hit the guy? You punched the guy in the face? Yeah, I had, I had like soft riding gloves on. So, and it was from a distance. So I just grazed him enough just to startle him because I could tell, you know, anyone that walks up to you trying to steal something from you and doesn't even have the safety cap off, they're not, they're rookies. So <laughs> having been through a couple of hairy incidents of random violence in the city over the last two years, I knew that these guys were, were amateurs. So um, I took my opportunity because I wasn't about to give him my scooter. And, um, you know, I just did what I had to do. Wow, that's incredible. Speaking to Edison Zosak about the scooter jacking that was attempted on him the other day. Like, were these young uh, young guys, Edison? Like, how, how old were these guys, would you say? Well, the guy that approached me, I would say he was in his mid to late 20s. And yeah. uh, he had a passenger in the vehicle that stayed in the vehicle. And it looked like he could have been around the same age. Yeah, okay. And you mentioned they were driving a did they were driving say- a late 2000s to, uh, charcoal gray Toyota Corolla. And though I didn't catch the license plate, some of the neighbors apparently that were in the area caught a piece of it and said that it, the license plate started with MC. And uh, obviously police attended, gave them the statements. They went and interviewed the neighbors. Apparently one of the neighbors had a front facing camera on their property because of uh, having installed it because of all the property crime in the, on, on their property. So the police went oh. and interviewed them to see if they could pull some footage. Okay. And you mentioned that this isn't the first time you've been the victim of some like random violence on the street. Like what else happened to you? Uh, well, cause I was, I was also a street photographer and portrait photographer, which I gave up uh, during the pandemic due to, again, just random acts of people approaching me, harassing me. Um, and even, and ironically, not even when I was taking any photos, And uh, the one that broke the camel's back recently that made me give up street photography was on my scooter, ironically, heading into Gastown and uh, three guys getting out of a BMW and deliberately opening their doors to block the bike lane. I think it was on Camby, it was either on Camby or on Abbott, one of those two streets, and just wanting to pick a fight, not letting me get by. And I'm like, dude, I'm, I'm just on my scooter heading to the Starbucks to grab a coffee before I, before photo shoot. And they're just picking a fight to the point wow. where I, again, same thing. They pushed me. I, I, I put, gently you know, pushed back and took off because they were looking for a fight. How, so much is, how much is your scooter worth? Like these two guys wanted your scooter. How much is it worth, would you estimate? Um, all in with taxes. I think they're going for $1,800 for this mall right now. Wow. They're wow. not I mean, cheap. The- yeah, they're not cheap. And this is why, you know, guys get targeted like this. Edison, thank you for sharing the story. I'm glad you were able to uh, get, keep your scooter. And these guys sound like a couple of punks, a couple of cowards. And you were they a brave were. guy. You're a brave guy standing up to them. Edison, thank you for coming on to tell the story today. I appreciate you having me. Thank you. Okay, you bet. Edison Zozek there. He's a Vancouver photographer, and he was the victim of an attempted scooter jacking. Let's check in with John Clarit. He's now owner of the Marquee Wine Store, and he's one of our regular guests on crime in Vancouver. Hey, John. Good morning, Mike. Hey, John. What do you think of that story you just heard? It's uh, not surprising, and good for Edison for uh, defending himself because uh, it would just been another, you know, incident of someone losing property and and if you listen to him carefully um 
there had been incidents in that neighborhood with a, uh, in the neighborhood that he was uh, accosted at, and you know, neighbor had a camera uh, yeah, in front mean- of his house. All right, welcome back to the show as we continue talking about some of the street crime in Vancouver. You heard my conversation there with Edison Sosek, who is the victim of an attempted scooter jacking. His scooter is worth around $1,800. He's got a higher-end electric scooter. And you heard him tell the story there about the two guys who followed him, tried to steal his scooter with a brandishing a can of bear spray. He punched one of the guys and they backed right down. Phone me on the open line. Has anything like that ever happened to you? Phone me and let me know. 604-280-9898 is the number to call. 604-280-9898, star 9898 on your cell. Speaking of John Clarides, owner of the Marquee Wine Store in Davie Street. Hey, John, one of the reasons I know that Edison wanted to tell his story today was he wanted to put out a, a warning to people that, like, if you've got a high-end bike, a high-end scooter, or, or really any kind of valuable on the streets, you better keep your wits about you because some of these uh, some of these robbers, some of these guys who would uh, mug you on the street are getting pretty brazen. Your thoughts? Yeah, in, indeed they are. You know, and it could be, you know, it could be a purse, it could be your shopping, it could be really anything. And really the sad state is that you have to be vigilant when you're walking down the street these days. You have to know what's, what's around you, what's in front of you, stay away from the uh, alcoves, don't have earbuds in your, you know, in your listening to uh, music, although we, we like to do that. Because uh, we seem to be uh, open targets right now, and uh, uh, we're not getting seemingly not getting a whole lot of support from uh, from the city because uh, they seem to be handcuffing the VPD. Yeah, so how do you think? Really how do you think they're? How do you think they're doing that? This is going to be a hot issue in a municipal election coming up this fall. How, how do you think the city is handcuffing the police? Well, you know, it's 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 that whole defund movement which. Uh, started, of course, in, in, in the U.S., and uh, you can see it in the, in the way uh, city council, except for, say, Melissa de Genova, um, but the city council, a lot of them have voted to, uh, you know, defund the police, but now it's becoming an election issue. Now it's becoming a problem. So instead of taking, you know, a broad look at it, they're, of course, swaying in the wind in, in whatever the political climate is, excuse me. And so, you know, I kind of, I kind of chuckle uh, yeah. at at uh, how they sway in the wind, as opposed to taking a hard stance on this and and helping Vancouver and the citizens safe become safe. And you know, it, yeah. you know, Edison seems like a, a young guy. I don't know how big he is, but he seems a you know young, healthy guy. But um, you know, usually it's women or it's older people uh, that that uh, seem to bear the brunt of this, um, sure. this random crime. Sure. Let's fit in a call here on the open line. Elizabeth calling in Vancouver. Hi, Elizabeth. Go ahead. Hi, Mike. Um, so I have an e-scooter, and I got it through an auction. And so I was in a corner store the other day, and there was an e-scooter inside with a young man. So, of course, I was asking him all about it. And he was telling me that he actually had it stolen that morning. Yeah. And I said, oh. but you have it back. <laughs> he said, this is a great tip. He has a find, find my scooter little thing he attaches to it, and oh, it's yeah. attached to his phone. So not only did these two kids take this young man's scooter, they took his cell phone as well. 
and he also has find my cell phone. So he was able to, um, uh, they were able to find the scooter and the per- the two kids that took it, and they also got his phone back as well. So that's a really good safety device to put on. So if you're, I said, why did you hand it over? Why didn't you scoot away? And he's because they had a knife, right? Oh, yeah. Right, so he, yeah. he gave it to him. But I have an e-scooter, and I'm 60. I don't look 60, and I don't, I'm five foot ten as well. And I used to live in that neighborhood you're talking about around um, the cemetery. Yeah. And I'm really surprised because that is a quiet place. And yeah. now I'm afraid to get on it because I have a really good one. I have an expensive one as well. I know nothing about them, but the opportunity came up. So here I am scared of now getting on this e-scooter for fear of someone's going to steal it from me. Well, I mean, thank you for sharing that call. And it sounds like, you know, this was a a planned uh, scooter jacking that Edison described there. And that neighborhood around there, around Mountain View Cemetery, this happened around Fraser Street and 37th. And uh, yeah, that's like you wouldn't think that something like that would happen. But you get these two punks who follow him in in a late model car, target the guy. Uh, try to lure him into a situation where they're going to steal his scooter. So I guess that just shows that this kind of stuff can happen in different parts of the city, too. Squeeze another call in. Dave in Vancouver. Hi, Dave. Go ahead. Got 30 seconds here. Oh, hi, Mike. Okay, I'll just be quick. Um, I used to do Uber Eats um, on a bike. I don't, I, don't, I don't do it anymore. I was too much of a target. I got one of my bikes stolen. Also, uh, a quick um, point about Mr. Cleary is talking about the Mayor and council and their attitude, he's absolutely right. I had a police officer tell me uh, in regards to a bunch of campers and people, up to 25 of them living next to my kids' high school, um, bikes being brought there, stolen. The mayor um, apparently would not let the police go and investigate. Uh, and oh. took a young girl from Van Tech being abducted and held in one of those trailers for them to finally uh, oh. remove them and, and do a scoop. So, yeah, he's absolutely okay. right. This mayor and city council will not... Uh, investigate these people. They're the victims, apparently, according to them. Thanks for the call. This is going to be a key issue in an election this fall. John, thanks for coming on today. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me. Thanks for all the callers calling in. I appreciate it. All right. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about the housing crunch in our province right now, especially in Metro Vancouver. And we talk a lot about buying a property now and how the prices have gone so sky high and making it unaffordable for non-millionaires to get into this market. But let me tell you something. The rental market in Metro Vancouver, it is also brutal. Prices have gone up. Rents have gone up. It is very difficult to find a decent, affordable place to rent. I've heard a lot of this from listeners on the show uh, the last couple of months. A lot of people out there are desperate to find a decent, affordable place to rent. Let's talk about that now with my guest, Bobby Johal. Bobby is a regular listener of the show, and he lives in Ladner with his mom, and he reached out to me with the story, and I'm very pleased to welcome Bobby to the show. Bobby, thank you very much for coming on today. Hey, Mike. Thanks for having me. Bobby, thanks a lot for doing this, man. I, I appreciate it. So no you live you live in Ladner, and, yeah. and you got a, like a big house there. It's just you and your mom, right? Yeah. It's an average house, like a five-bedroom, two-story, basically. Yeah. Okay, five-bedroom house, and it's just you and your mother, and you decided... Tell me the story now. You decided to rent out or like a room in the house, right? Yeah, so after hearing what you just said, basically, the rental crisis, um, I decided, well, you know, I got room. Let's help somebody out. 
So I put an ad out on Craigslist for one bedroom, shared kitchen, shared bath, laundry, all that. And I did the price at 500 a month. So I'm like, I'm not going to charge the ridiculous fees because like the point for me too was to help somebody right um so yeah i did that and then within 10 minutes of me of the craigslist ad going live i got an email every five ten minutes from anybody from like students to middle-aged old people just that were so desperate and people were like can i come move in right now can i come look at it right now um yeah it was insane Right, and this is not for like a, 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 a your own suite. This is a room in one a room. home. Yeah, one, one room. room. Yeah, just one bedroom. One bedroom, shared kitchen with you and your mom, shared bathroom. And yep. did you think when you put that up on Craigslist for $500 a month, what kind of reaction did you expect to get? Did, was, it, was it bigger? Like the reaction was a lot bigger than you thought it would be, right? Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah. I didn't really know what, like I knew people... We're going to, you know, ask about it. I, I honestly thought, like, okay, maybe I'll put the ad up, and maybe in a week or two a couple people will answer it. No, it was, yeah. like, right away. <laughs> yeah, so your phone is just lighting up with people contacting you, and, and what, kind of, what kind of stories did you hear from people? Like, people, you were mentioning to me, like, people were contacting you, and they're desperate, right? Yeah, because um, they were either living in situations that, were not uh, either, like, clean or ideal, um, scummy landlords. Um, one girl told me that her landlord's basically a creep. You would, like, you know, just be uh, inappropriate. Yeah. And so, and students are like, uh, you're just trying to go to college. I can't afford, um, you know, a thousand bucks rent for... A room, like some rooms that I've seen are like a thousand bucks just for a bedroom. Yeah, like that's like, what are some of the other comparable rents out there right now? Like $500 a month seems pretty reasonable. Like for a similar, what what are sort of similar rooms going for, say in Latin or the other? Between, between, um, I checked last night, it was between 700 and 900 for just a room. Yeah. And then if you want the whole like suite, then obviously it's way more than that. Right, and you mentioned that you heard from students, and you can certainly understand students looking for a, a, a reasonable place to rent, but yeah. you said you also heard like from seniors, moms, yeah. right? Moms, seniors, people, especially people with cats and dogs, because I did put on the ad, small dogs and cats are okay. Um, mm. Those people are, are also really desperate, because like most people will just say no, no pets, right? And so they were also like, can we please come check it out and whatnot? How many? So, how many responses to the ad did you get? Oh God! Uh, last you lost count, I bet. Lost count. Um, more than more than twenty five for sure in like first two days. In the first two days, okay. So you eventually did rent it out, right? To a, yeah. what is um, a young a young mom? Yep, a young mom. She, um, yeah, on her message. She said, I'm 27, I have a seven-month-old, and I really need a place. And I said, yeah, okay, um, you know, out of everyone, I guess, a young mom with a young son is probably someone I would help out the most or want to, you know? Yeah. And yeah. Uh, she Ubered here that day with just um, a couple of things, like a suitcase and a baby on her back. 
Wow. Wow. And how's it been working out for you and your mom with your tenant? Uh, Good, good. Because I mostly hang out in the downstairs suite area. My mom hangs it upstairs and has all her friends over to play whatever seniors play. (laughs) And um, (laughs) so... Uh, yeah, it's been good. Um, she's very respectful. She's very nice. She's very, very thankful. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of Bobby, Joe Hall, he lives in Ladner with his mother. We're talking about the room he put up for rent in their house for $500 a month. And he was swamped with calls from desperate people. And so, so did that surprise you? Like, like we all know how desperate people are out there and the, and the difficult situations, but when yep. you started hearing these calls, did it surprise you that it's that acute, sort of that severe out there that people are really desperate for a place of, uh, you know, a decent, affordable yeah. place to rent? It did, mostly because yeah. I was just offering a room, right? Like, I, I understood that for, like, people either buying a house or trying to buy an apartment or getting a full suite, right? Like, I'm like, yeah, they probably um, have a hard time finding that, but I never expected this much tension for just a room. Yeah, and did you find that some people were, when they contacted you, they were, like, like almost begging you for the place? They were. They were asking, can I come look at it right now? Like, they, they were yeah. just, like, I felt for them, you know? Yeah. And I feel more people should do this, you know? Like, if you got an extra room in your house, you know, just have a roommate for a few months. Just help somebody out, I feel. Right. So that was the situation with you and your mother in this house. It, like where you guys, it's not like you guys like need the money. You need the 500 bucks a month or this was just something you wanted to do to help someone. This is just something I want to do to help someone. Yeah. 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 And you think other people should do the same? I think they should. If they um, have um, have the means, have the room, um, you know, even if it's for a couple of months, be like, okay, we're going to give you a four month lease or whatever. Um by giving that person low rent, you're helping them kind of get their life back, you know? Not yeah. having to pay ridiculous amounts of money to someone else. Right. And I can understand how, you know, I, I think what you're doing is great, by the way, and, and I congratulate you. you and tip my hat to you because uh, I think you're really helping out this young this young mom for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, when you say, like, other people should do the same thing, I mean, that's a pretty that's a pretty big thing to do. Like to say, okay, I'm going to let have a single mom in my house with a little kid running around. <laughs> I mean, that's a, it's a bit of a sacrifice for it, you and your mother to an extent it, as well. Is it not? It was like when I did, I did not, I, I, I kind of just like fell down a cliff before I started do, doing this, you know, I didn't know what I was getting into. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> but I'm here now and everything's hunky dory. Um, Although, like, I, I'm not saying, like, everybody should obviously just, you know, start, start giving out rooms. No, no, no. It's up to the person, right? Like, right. if they right. have the time and, and um, whatnot and be able to handle, basically, because, like, your water bill goes up, your electricity goes up, just because another you know, person's there, right? Yeah. Bobby, I want to thank you for uh, reaching out to me and sharing your story with the listeners today because I think it's a really interesting insight and example of just how desperate people are out there for a decent, affordable place to rent. And I I, uh, congratulate you for helping out this young mom. Thanks for coming on today. Thank you so much. Thanks for having me. You bet. Thank you. Bobby Joe Hall there. He lives in Ladner with his mother.
And you heard his story there. He put up that room in the house. They decided to rent one room in their house, shared kitchen, shared bath, $500 a month. All right, welcome back to the show as we continue talking about this tight rental market. You heard my conversation there with Bobby Joe Hall, who listed a room in his mom's house in Ladner for $500 a month. He and his mom share this house. And yeah, you got swamped with calls from people desperately wanting to rent that room for 500 bucks a month. Lots of calls here. Lisa in Richmond. Hi, Lisa. Go ahead. Hey, thank you for taking my call. Um, I just wanted to tell you, we've rented the same house for four for seven years, and our landlord has never followed the 2.5 or even the freeze during COVID. He just raised our rent $400, so it's a three-bedroom plus a media room downstairs. So he raised, so now we're paying $2,500 a month, and I had to rent a room downstairs, the media room out, because I need that extra income, $400. And they told me that if we didn't agree to pay the $400 extra um, a month now, that um, they, they would, him and his wife would be moving back in, or they would be moving a family member in. So we had no choice Whoa. but... But, but what's really scary, I can't tell them that I'm renting that room out. And if they find out, I'm in big trouble. But I can't afford it without that rent or that tenant downstairs. And the tenant was displaced during a flood, and so I had no place to go. And so I'm doing that person a favor, but at the same time, I need their help. But I can't tell my landlord because then they'll want more money. And oh, my God. Crazy. Okay. Okay. Lisa, first of all, it's it's illegal in British Columbia for the for a landlord to hike your rent like that for more than one point five percent. We got we got rent controls in this province. You can dispute that, but I guess your you can concern is it. he already he already told us that him and his wife would move in, or they would put a fa- another family member in there. Oh, we have no choice. They they have you and. And any renter out there is going through the same thing. And if they say that they're not rent evicting, oh, my goodness, it's insane what is going on out there right now. And people are going to end up homeless. If I wouldn't have helped this lady out, but she's helping me out at the same time. But we have no protection, none, because if they tell you they're moving a family member in, you're hooped. You either pay the yeah. rent or, yeah. or so, you... Yeah, so you subletted a room in your own place and the landlord doesn't know that. No. Is that right? Oh wow! No. Yeah. So, what um, what what do you think will happen if the landlord finds out you've subletted a more, room in there? Want more money, more money, <laughs> more yeah. money. That's all that would happen. Or, or maybe they would kick us. I don't know. But it's it's scary. It really is. Yeah. And and you have to hide. And and that's just not the way. And I for seven years have not felt secure. I'd love to be able to buy a place, but not in this market. Yeah, no, that's no, impossible. Lisa, thank you for sharing that story. I hope You're welcome. It, thank you. Yeah, I, I hope it works out for you. And uh, you can hear the desperation in Lisa's voice there. I appreciate her calling in. Marnie in Surrey. Hi, Marnie, go ahead. Hiya, Mike. Um, Hi. I uh, was living in the same place for like seven years, and then with the housing, uh, my landlord just sold it like in 10 days. And uh, I have a 90-pound chocolate lab, and... So I had to resort to putting up an ad in my own neighborhood, basically. Um, and I was very lucky that I had someone in the neighborhood see me walking my dog and, uh, you know, ended up calling me. And I was very lucky to get a place because they had seen me with the dog. And it looked like a lost dog ad. So basically <laughs> lots of people read it. <laughs> wow. And it was me saying, hey, I'm looking for a new home. 
um, with my dog. And yeah. I was extremely lucky to have somebody in the neighborhood that said, hey, I've got a basement for rent. Otherwise, every place I called, if I had a dog that was over 10 pounds, it was like, well, what leg do you want? <laughs> you yeah. know, there's nothing I can do. And I hadn't moved in years and so like rents out there were just insane and I'm a re- retired senior and it would would have been three quarters of my income to pay over double my rent. Marnie, thank you for calling in. I'm glad you were able to get a place, but wow, you talk about, this is the desperation I'm talking about. Imagine putting up papering ads around your neighborhood to find a place. But yeah, I hear this a lot too. If people have a pet, it's obviously a barrier and a problem for a lot of people too. Rob and Ladner. Rob, you got 30 seconds here, man. Go ahead. Yeah, I'm just calling in. I had the perspective of somebody that was interested in investing in real estate for a rental property. And what scared me off was the RTB process. I joined some local social media groups on uh, landlords, and uh, there were so many horror stories. And I think there's bad apples on both sides, but um, what made me very apprehensive was the fact that uh, you could be stuck with a tenant living free for six months. And uh, in the end, I spoke to friends who, you know, have basement suites that are empty simply because they they don't want to get caught up in that process anymore. And I think that might be adding to some of this uh, rental shortage and good renters, like we've heard on this show, are suffering as a result of, you know, bad people that have learned to use the process to their advantage. All right, welcome back. And here we go now on getting ready for the wildfire season in British Columbia. Now, it may not feel like it. We've had such a cold and rainy spring but that wildfire season is approaching. And let's talk about ways you can protect yourself, your family, and your home as another wildfire season is looming now. Let's discuss with Amanda Reynolds, Education Officer for the Fire Smart BC Provincial Team with the BC Wildfire Service. Amanda, thanks a lot for coming on today. Hey, Mike. Good morning. Happy to be here. Yeah, good morning to you. And uh, boy, it's been so cold and rainy this spring. You know, the wildfires are furthest things from a lot of people's minds, but it shouldn't be, right? People got to start thinking about this because it seems to happen every year. Like last year was pretty bad, right? Yeah, you know, uh, the 2021 wildfire season was unprecedented and like it was disaster all over um, the province. And, you know, as as the BC Wildfire Service, we're preparing for the upcoming season. And so, We're really um, calling all residents of British Columbia to start doing their own preparation for wildfire season. And so this year we're calling um, all residents in BC to kind of that they have the power and the responsibility to help lower their property's wildfire risk level. Um, You know, your home and property wildfire risk is 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 kind of of your own control. So we're really just calling all British Columbians that this is the best way for them to prepare um, for wildfire season. We know prevention... Um, can't be solved by one person, one organization. And we all, all British Columbians have a role um, every single wildfire season in protecting your home and making yeah. it more fire smart is the best way that the public can help. Yeah, I, I think that's a really wise thing to do to get the word out to people because, like you said, last year was a disaster. So, what is Fire Smart? Tell me a little bit about that program. What are you guys trying to do there? 
Yeah, it's it's a program just uh, it's been around for years. Um, I think with the last couple of wildfire seasons and pe- and the floods of last year, um, people all kind of recognizing the fact that we do need to do a better job of preparing ourselves for um, these types of events. So the FireSmart BC program essentially helps all homeowners, apartment owners, like rentals living in the rural, living in more urban centers about how they can do simple kind of low cost, no cost um, things to their home to help increase the survivability of um, a wildfire event. Many people think that when a wildfire does come into a community, it's like this big wave of flame, and that's really not true. The reality is it's these, these embers, and embers travel two to five kilometers, and it's like a blizzard of fire embers, and they're looking for susceptible fuel, and those are things like bulk march against someone's house. They're looking for debris on top of a roof, so we're really asking homeowners to clean those roofs get those leaves free of gutter, remove the flammable material right up against your house because those things are proven to help increase the wildfire resiliency of their home. Okay, like this is the t- these are the type of tips I think that are really valuable for people. And I've been checking out the website this morning, which I encourage people to visit firesmartbc.ca and there's a lot of really really good clear information there so let's talk a little bit about some of those tips that you you touched on there amanda so let's say like what are some of the other things that people can do to make their home more like fire resilient yeah you know mike a classic one is like getting that wood pile right that's you know, for a lot of people right up against their house, we understand, we get it. We know you want it close to the house, but that's fuel. And when you think about thousands of embers that are going to be dropping into that area, that could then light, you know, the rest of the property. Um, you know, we understand like you people have greenery around their home and, you know, it's about removing the ladder fuel. So, um, you know, travel, a fire generally travels along the ground and then it's looking for fuel. And so if it can get up into that tree, then that increases the, you know, the intensity of the flame and the heat and that radiant heat could again start, um, could ignite your home. Um, things like keeping your grass trim and keeping it well watered. Um, bur- green grass doesn't burn. Um, so there's a lot of, you know, moving things under your deck. Yeah. You know, fire's, fire's sneaky and, they're, and it won't stop in these embers. It really is like a blizzard. And so really simple things that we're asking um, homeowners to do. And I know from my time doing fire information, the public was always asking, what can I do? How can I help? And this is the best way that the public can help. Um, you know, all organizations that are involved in the wildfire service. And if you do the work beforehand, it's um, much easier to leave your home if you are evacuated and much easier for those who have to respond to these events, knowing that you've taken the time um, to do the work so that it is a lot easier um, for all those first responders. Yeah, for sure. Speaking to Amanda Reynolds from the Fire Smart BC team, definitely check out their website, firesmartbc.ca. And when you talk about like removing, it's basically remove the fuel, clear that fuel out from around your home. And you talked about look under your deck. I mean, that's where, boy, it's stuff under there you don't, maybe don't even think about if they're a homeowner. You got just dry leaves under there. It just, tinder dry and that could ignite a deck or a home like are you trying is the goal is to sort of create like a perimeter around the home where you clear stuff out yeah no that's a good that's a good question mike a lot of people um they look at the fire smart principles and the priority zones and they sometimes get overwhelmed oh my gosh i need to deal with this large space but what we really want people to focus on when they first start is focus on the, the structure and then 
the structure to 1.5 meters out. That's not that far. It's not a big area to treat. And then you kind of work your way out. So for, you know, a lot of homeowners are already involved in the program, but for people that are just hearing about FireSmart for the first time, you know, to definitely focus on that non-combustible zone, which is just zero to 1.5 meters. That's um, such a great way to start. And then you kind of make your way out. But yeah, you just kind of want to make a fuel-free zone. And we've just released the FireSmart BC landscaping hub. So I hub, I should say. So I definitely recommend everyone going to the FireSmart BC website and checking out the landscaping hub where there's a guide and you can search by your hardiness zone and you can plant, um, you know, species that are more resilient towards wildfire. Right. Yeah. That's, I was looking at that this morning too, and I thought that was really helpful as well. And there's also a tool on the site there where you can do like a, a home assessment, right? Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a video on the website that shows, um, a fire department member from Penticton doing a home assessment. And so homeowners can take that assessment and, and, and take a look and see where are some of the risks and some of the things that um, they can easily do. And then, Mike, I was also going to mention that we have uh, a plant program that we've launched across, across BC, and we have over 30 nurseries and garden centers in BC that are now part of this program. And they're helping us educate the public um, with tags that they've kind of put on some of the trees and plant species that are part of the guide to help homeowners make those smart decisions and that they're easily identifiable. So, um, yeah, the Landscaping Hub is a great place for everyone to go who is thinking about what they can do this summer. Yeah, and so when people are making those choices like that, like, are, are you saying that you can buy plant, some plants are more fire resistant to others? Is that right? Yeah, like, you know, we don't want, um, people love to have cedars um, and junipers close to their house, but those are very combustible. So, uh-huh. you know, those that's not the best decision. I mean, if people do still need to have it, then you're removing it away from the house and you're planting things like, um, you know, you want more of the deciduous trees that lose their leaves. So it's just all about making um, better choices. And um, I think, you know, from last year's wildfire season and the floods is that, um, we all kind of need to kind of up our preparedness game yeah. and, um, and, and, you know, and get prepared. And it's, this is the right time to be doing it because during an, an event and a wildfire event, this is not the time. You probably yeah. won't even get the opportunity because you'll be evacuated. Okay, let's hope we have a, a better wildfire season this year compared to last year, but certainly get ready for it. Amanda, thank you for coming on today. Appreciate it. Yeah, thanks, Mike. Enjoy the day. Thanks, everyone. Thanks.